Hey everybody, this is Perch, and uh, I'm here with Joe. How are you, Joe? I'm all right, Perch. How are you? Yes, and, and we're joined by another Joe, a legendary Joe, Joe Staten. How are you doing, sir? I'm, I'm okay. I'm doing good. I'm really thankful for joining us. Uh, you've, of course, had an amazing career in comics. We're really excited to talk to you about it. But, uh, you know, again, I, thank you for joining us. And, yes. and I know Joe and I have been excited to talk to, to you, Joe, for quite a while. Mm -hmm. Well, I'm here. <laughs> <laughs> so, I, kind of to, to break it down for us, you've had uh, just some kind of amazing runs, and we want to get into that with you and, and talk about all the different uh, uh, great kind of memories that you've, you've surfaced for uh, a bunch of characters, um, primarily at DC. I mean, you, you've worked in a bunch of different areas, but you have these these epic runs that, that people remember. Um, is It's a weird place to start, but where where do you uh, like what what was your favorite project to work on uh, over all these years? Did you have do you have a favorite or is it all fun? Oh my! Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, okay, go right to a hard question. I, uh, it's the um, well, I guess the uh, things I, I most enjoyed. Uh, well, it was doing E Man with Nick Cuddy way back when kind of yes. started uh, doing the Huntress uh, with Paul Levitt. And just now, I'm I'm on Dick Tracy. So those those yeah. are my three main things. It's it's hard to say which uh, which is which was my my favorite of those three, but certainly that yeah that was, yeah. And you started was your first assignment at DC with Paul? Was it doing uh you inked Karate Kid number one? I think right. I think David McLean wrote that. Mm -hmm. yeah. So my first my first uh, assignment wasn't actually working with Paul, but I yeah. got you know working with him pretty soon. Yeah, and and you started, of course. You you mentioned uh, E Man, um, which was Charlton uh, Comics, and and that wasn't you started Charlton. That E Man wasn't the uh, wasn't your start, but what? How did you start at uh, at Charlton? How, how did I start? <laughs> yeah, tell us, tell us, how'd you get, people are always curious, like, how did, how did this person get into comics who then had this, this really epic career? Okay, well, last, uh, let's see, April, April last month, uh, mm -hmm. I got married. Uh, that, that was Hillary, who was just here. I got married, nice. married to the same, same Hillary. And um, we were, uh, I've been trying to break into comics, and we were, we were broke. We couldn't have like any very far-reaching uh, honeymoon or anything. So we were out. We were in Brooklyn. We headed to Connecticut to go to uh, Mystic uh, oh. for a little while. And oh. uh, between New York and and Mystic uh, in Connecticut was Charlton Comics. And uh, we stopped there. I had, you know, I had my samples. I was, I was thinking we would stop there. We, you know, both of us went in, and uh, wow. and uh, I got work. So, uh, and that was uh, that was uh, fifty years ago. Uh, that's awesome. Lucky charm. She turned out. That's it. So that's that's how I started at Charlton. Who were the people at Charlton at the time? Hmm? Who were, some of the, who were some of the people uh, working at Charlton at the time when you when you were there? Uh, well, the uh, the editors I, I dealt with. Sal Gentili was the the main editor, and yeah. George Wildman was mm -hmm. his assistant. And I, you know, definitely hit it off with George. And uh, George, I think I think George actually convinced Sal to hire me. 
So, so basically, you know, uh, uh, George, George was my guy. And um, eventually, it uh, wasn't too long after that that Sal uh, retired and moved to Florida. Mm-hmm. Um, and George uh, needed an assistant, and he hired one of Wally Wood's assistants, uh, which ha- happened to be Nick Cuddy. So, mm-hmm. so that's uh, that. That was a good a good mix. I, I did a lot of a lot of ghost stories with Nick. Um, I don't. I don't I don't think he, I did some romances, but that was with Joe Gill. I did a lot of stuff with Joe, um, but I, uh, I really hit it off working with Nick. And um, when uh, when Nick got the go-ahead from, from the bosses at Charlton to come up with a, uh, a superhero, uh, he gave me a call. So he uh, figured we could uh, do, a, do a good job on it. It's so I just, just you you basically got into comics. You got this this start at, at Charlton on your on your honeymoon. Is that that's that's right? Your that's right. That's that's my origin story. <laughs> that's awesome. I love that origin story. That's uh, that's really really cool. I, and and then yeah, you got to be quite known for E Man. Um, that that really put you on the map. People people came to know your work there. Yeah, I, I think that's what I'm still known for. But that's okay. That's good. I'll go with that. So. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I think more than. But well, we're we're gonna get into the other stuff. But definitely, definitely more than just email. But but then, um, a, a few years later, uh, you I, this is what I'm fascinated by. So, uh, Roy Thomas hires you to work at Marvel. Um, but how long were you there? Because you you almost it seemed like you almost immediately went to DC. Is that right? That. Yeah, I think I was at Marvel for a little over three years. Oh, okay. That's that's not as quick as I thought. Yeah. That's good. Okay. Uh, Roy, Roy hired me to uh, ink the uh, ink the Avengers, mm-hmm. and um, then uh, as I was I was settling into, I was still working at Charlton, but I was inking the Avengers as well, and um, I, I got a package uh, from uh, Len Wein, um, who was editing and. Uh, mm-hmm. It, there was Hulk pages from Herb Trimpey in the in the package, and I was sure they had sent me the wrong package. Um, I called I called Lynn, say, "What is this?" And, and Lynn says, "Oh, we decided you'd look good on Herb." So nobody told me, but suddenly <laughs> he, uh, the Hulk on, on Herb, and eventually uh, Herb uh, left left, uh, left the Hulk, and uh, Sal, who had been inking on the Avengers, uh, took over Hulk. So, well, there I was again. And, uh, <laughs> so I went on, on the Hulk for a while. Yeah. And how, and what was it like, uh, you're, you're getting these pages. Was there a lot of communication with you or like, how, how was it like working with, uh, with a company like that? And, and I guess, well, let me ask a different way. You're working with Charles and you go to work for Marvel. What are some of the differences between the two? How, how did it feel different? It, it always felt different. Um, yeah, I, I was always kind of pals with everybody at Charlton, especially with Nick, and uh, uh, it, it was kind of, I was kind of at arm's length at, at Marvel. Uh, I in day to day stuff, I, I mostly dealt with John Verportin, the mm, yeah. I guess it was a production manager, um, mm-hmm. and it was mostly he would uh, he or one of his assistants would call me up, and you know they. If I was lucky, they would tell me something was on the way, and otherwise that I'd get it, and they'd call me up and tell me it was late. 
<laughs> people complain about that today it's funny to think of it it uh 50 years ago happening or 45 years ago happening the same well, <laughs> kind of same way <laughs> oh yeah i i um yeah, I, I was never quite as comfortable at marvel as i'd been at charlton but, yeah i certainly marvel was a step up so i was i was very happy to be there what and then uh then you'd get uh paul Levette's kind of recruit you to come into uh to dc is that right that's right yeah um there weren't really enough it seems odd these days but there really weren't enough people to produce the books then yeah oh wow yeah. okay yeah so um at um DC that they uh, were having various people uh, who were fast with layouts to uh, just kind of uh, rough out lots of books and people who could ink and draw it at the same time uh, were taking them over and that's uh, why I wound up on Karate Kid and yeah. uh, Rick Estrada uh, who could draw really fast uh, mm. um, that, uh, but there was no finish to what he was doing so I was uh, Given given that, um, and you know that was fun too. So I I, I like that, and I, I uh, kind of fit, fit into DC more. Um, how, how did Paul find you anyway? You know, I have never really f uh, found that out. Um, I, I, it's funny at uh, at Marvel, Roy Roy Thomas called up. You know, when I was at Charlton, and Roy called up and says, "You want to you want to make the Avengers?" And I says. Yay. And uh, he says, okay, they're on the way. And, um, but I, I caught, I caught Roy at uh, Heroes Con a couple of years ago and asked him why did, why did he hire me? Uh, we hadn't had any contact. And he says, golly, Joe, I don't have any idea. We must have been desperate. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I think it must have been the same, the same thing uh, with Paul. He, he called me yeah. up. Call me up out of the uh, out of the blue, and uh, you know I I didn't really fit at Marvel, and uh, DC was offering offering a bit more money, and uh, mm -hmm. so I was uh, you know perfectly happy to uh, to make the switch to try uh, try that, and from the first time I went in, I, I, I hit it off real well with Paul and you know the uh, kind of the gang who were around him at DC, so uh, nice. I just kind of, uh, basically, I you know worked at DC most of the time. I came and went, but that's uh, that was that was pretty much it. Nice. I know Paul was an Avengers fan, so I'm curious if maybe he saw your name in the Avengers or or was aware that you were working on that, and maybe that's how he was aware of you. I mean, he he's someone we could probably just reach out to and ask, but <laughs> probably could. And now that I'm thinking about it, I know. <laughs> When I was showing my samples around, I had taken Avengers samples into DC and had shown them to uh, Jorlando. Mm -hmm. um, okay. So, you know, things get uh, passed around, and uh, I, I imagine that's that's what happened. But somehow, yeah. Paul was aware of me, and they were recruiting. So. Yeah. You wound up getting on some pretty significant stories. The the origin of the JSA. Uh, and, oh, yeah, and uh, I mean, just just some very memorable stories been reprinted at least a few, uh, you know a few times for sure. Um, <laughs> so you, you mentioned like so DC is uh, maybe a more friendly at that time. Uh, you you just found that the style worked with you. You're able to kind of 
meld into the office a little easier. Yeah. Yeah. And um, there, there were just people there. I like being around, uh, you know, Paul, Paul Levitt, uh, uh, Paul Kupperberg, uh, mm-hmm. Marty Masco, uh, uh, Bob Smith. Uh, I, I, there was always somebody to hang out with. Yeah, everybody talks about, you know, in the old days when they'd hang out at Marvel, I, I never fit into a group to hang out with at, at, at Marvel, but uh, at, at DC, it, it, I kind of found my own gang fairly early, and uh, it, was, uh, it, was, it was nice to go in and, and see the gang. So. Yeah. And uh, who were some of the editors at DC you ended up uh, working with at, around that time? Well, it's, it's funny. I, you know, I, I was saying I worked for uh, Lynn Wien at, uh, at Marvel, but I uh, also worked for... Len at, uh, at DC, mm-hmm. uh, but I uh, worked for, uh, uh, well, Paul was uh, editing, well, what was he? He was not really editing, he was story editing. Anyway, he was kind of in charge of everything, so I, I did a lot of stuff for him. Uh, Jack Harris, I did, uh, 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 later I did uh, Green Lantern for Jack Harris. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, and Jorlando Joe was in, was uh, editing uh, the JSA. Um, I, I did a lot of stuff with Joe. I like I like Jorlando a lot. Uh, yeah, you you're responsible for killing Batman. I am. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, Paul Levins is responsible for yes. killing. Him. I was I was just uh, kind of uh, and and uh, what would you say? Uh, who's the guy who helps you kill somebody? Uh, well, you're, you're, the, you're the accomplice. You're, you're, you're the accomplice. accomplice. Yeah. yeah, the accomplice. Yes. You're, you're visualizing the death. Uh, that is, uh, yeah. That's a that's a puts you in a very rare category of, of creators, though. Is somebody who actually can say, "I I was able to kill Batman," and and he's still dead. And he's still dead. Yeah, it's, <laughs> that's even more rare. <laughs> well, I'm not sure. I haven't really kept up with what's happened since since the new Fifty Two. So he may be back, but uh, last yeah. I looked, he was he was still dead. I think Earth Two Batman is still dead. I, I think that's. I think you. I think you've still got that one. That you basically came on. Well, you mentioned earlier the the Huntress. Uh, tell us about how that came down like uh how'd you, you you got into that title you this was one you really enjoyed yeah i have uh, really really uh fit on the uh on the all-star the jsa stuff uh, everything on earth too i've, I've mm-hmm. uh, seemed to um fit there um i i had been originally assigned uh with uh wally wood was going to be doing uh, finishes on my layouts, and and that's when Wally disappeared and went west, and uh, so um, Paul Levitt, no, no uh, Bob Layton had been um, uh, working for Wally Wood at a while, so he was brought in to uh, to ink my JSA stuff. So uh, that that uh, uh, was was the uh, transition there. And um, since Paul, uh, since uh, Bob was uh, around, and uh, we had uh, the new character Power Girl, mm-hmm. the Earth Two version of Supergirl, uh, she was she was now uh, um, a, a member of the JSA, 
but she, basically, she was like this this young girl who was surrounded by a, by a bunch of old guys. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing weird about that, no. Yeah. But uh, Bob thought Bob thought that um, well, you know, she should have another young woman to talk to. I mean, she doesn't just want to talk to these uh, these middle aged uh, superheroes. There's not much she could talk to Wildcat about. But so so that's that was the motivation that um, that uh, led to the Huntress and. Um, I, I it's a funny origin story. Yeah. <laughs> it's you know, it, everybody winds up in, in this. Uh, I uh, suggested that she be a Earth Two version of Batgirl, but Paul Paul had never particularly liked Batgirl and thought she was, you know, just um, an artificial character created for the TV show. Um, so. That was that was where he was headed, but he didn't really like it. And at the time, Jeanette Kahn, who was the head of DC, mm-hmm. had these meetings at her uh, her uh, apartment uh, after hours, where the the uh, the staff would come get together and um, play board games. Uh, this was some kind of uh, oh nice team, team building exercise. These that was kind of uh, big at the time. <laughs> and at one of, the, one of these meetings, Paul was complaining about he didn't know where to go with the uh, uh, with the character. We we hadn't really settled on her yet. And uh, Anthony Tolan, who was the uh, the colorist uh, on our book, uh, was there, and uh, he says, "Oh well, uh, how about she's the uh, the daughter of Batman and Catwoman? That's different." And that's and Paul picked up on that. So rather than rather than um, uh, Batgirl, she became the Huntress, uh, not not Commissioner Gordon's uh, niece or anybody, but uh, the uh, a member of Batman's family. And Paul came up with a whole uh, tragic uh, origin story, and uh, so it just kind of kind of went from there. Um, she uh, was a very organic character once once she was going. I love that uh, that his, so so basically what you're saying is that the Huntress is a combo of uh, brainstorming game night at uh, Jeanette Kahn's apartment and the need to have somebody for Power Girl to talk to. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Secret origin. I love I love that. <laughs> so what, what, what I designed designed the the, uh, the costume for. Uh, uh, Helena Wayne. Uh, her costume is a uh, a mesh of Batman's costume and uh, Catwoman's. The colors, if you'll notice, there's there's yep. the uh, the gray and the, uh, the the definitely the purple. You've always got to have some purple. So she's she's um, basically gives uh, homage to her her, uh, her beginnings. Um, and when I when I was had was Taken in the um, um, designs I had for the for the character, um, Joe, Orla- I, Joe Orlando was the. Uh, I guess Joe was the art. No, no, Joe was. Um, um, he was editor. Yeah, he was a, a main editor at the time, and I was going over those. And, and Joe says, um, at, at the time, I, I had uh, hadn't quite finished the cape, and Joe said. You know, it's got to have the Batman scallop on the cape. 
So that's that's from Joe. So we we have this whole uh, uh, group of people who uh, contributed um, to the Huntress. So it, uh, yeah. Yeah, it, it, it kind of yeah. all came together. And oddly enough, Huntress, um, for not being like a, a like a Justice League staple type character, has been adapted in a lot of cartoons and TV shows. She's been in, uh, she was in the Birds of Prey TV show, the Birds of Prey movie, the uh, act, she's in the Arrowverse. Um, mm-hmm. ha- have you ever uh, checked any of that stuff out? Have you ever seen like adaptions of her or anything like that? Yeah, I've, I've seen several of them. The, but the the thing you have to bear in mind is a lot of the versions of the Huntress that uh, followed the our hunt the the original Huntress um, was killed yeah. during the crisis. Yeah, uh, right. Um, but we we thought um, we needed to keep that character around, and and Joey Cavallari had been writing some of the backup stories for the Helena Wayne. Uh, character before she she had a uh, had a, a wall fall on her. Uh, mm-hmm. That's how she died during the crisis. Um, but Joey uh, developed a new character, uh, Helena Bertinelli, uh, a mob daughter, uh, um, with a, a different take on the character, but enough, mm-hmm. enough of the old one, and, and still with a purple costume. Yeah. So it's the uh, Helena Bertinelli character who's. Uh, Picked up mostly, I think, was on the Arrow show and was mm-hmm. in the Birds of Prey movie. Yeah, um, the Helena Wayne character uh, mm-hmm. has been on the TV animation uh, several times. Yeah, uh, Brave and the Bold. Uh, I don't know. Mm-hmm. It's hard to keep up with which Batman uh, animation uh, it is at the time, but yeah. She's been in the animation with with Batman. Yeah, I mean the the interesting thing about that character, we've seen lots of different costume changes over the years. But uh, to, I mean, to Joe's point, the character has shown up in in a lot of different forms of media, and they do they do try to the the initial visual look of the character they've they've tried to keep consistent. It it has held up over the years, even very very different forms. They they at least try to kind of bring it together. Probably Birds of Prey, the movie was was a pretty far distance from that, but many of the yeah. others. Yeah, you know they've they've I, they've I, I, really liked, I really liked their version of the Huntress. So yeah, even, yeah. even if her uh, her superhero name actually was the crossbow killer, uh, yeah, yeah I, I like that version. Yeah. It was, uh, but it's just it's it's impressive, and I think to your credit that the visual style of this character that you designed wound up being so um, everlasting. I mean, it just it's it's really held up and. The costume, and I, I like the. Uh, I, I I I I'd assume most people know this, but that kind of connection of uh, Batman and Catwoman both coming coming into the visual look of the character is uh, it's just it's subtle, but it, it's there, and I, I I think that's great. You did a great job with that character. Thank you. I, I do think she's held up. Yeah. Oh no, absolutely. And you you've done other things. You um you co-created the Mega. Uh, sorry, the Mega. The Omega Men. Mega Men is very different. You co-created the, the Omega Men with uh, with Marv Wolfman. It's Marv. Yeah. So. How was that? I mean, that's that's another the Omega Men, which has had various kind of comebacks over the years. Uh, you know, what was the what was the story? What was the story behind that? Well, that was uh, strictly strictly Marv's idea. He 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 thought DC needed uh, 
more superhero teams. Maybe this would uh, eventually be an X-Men type group. Um, mm. There were all aliens and different uh, uh, different character designs. Um, as uh, work from from Marv's designs, uh, more Marv's uh, uh, descriptions. Uh, so I came up with a bunch of stuff there. Um, and I think the only real change Mar made from my original designs that the leader of the Omega Men was, let's see, uh, I have forgotten his, Primus. His name mm -hmm. Primus. Yes. And I had originally designed him as uh, a bald-headed guy. And uh, Marv said, that would never go. That nobody accepts a bald-headed guy as, as being a design and uh, command. Yeah, so, you, you can't have a bald-headed commander in space. I, that uh, that would never work. Yeah. <laughs> so um, I, I redesigned it with like nice flowing hair, and uh, Marv Mar approved of that. And, and you know, we were good to go. So we had a a a good uh, a good. Uh, take the start in, uh, in Green Lantern for them. Nice. You know, when you're creating these characters, I'm, I'm always, I mean, I, I think different people have different styles, but uh, you, you hear a little bit about the, the premise. We want to kind of do this with the character. We want to put these things together. Like, what, what's your process? Do you do you kind of go off in isolation and start to sketch some things together? Do you bounce a lot of ideas off people? Like, how do you... You've created so many characters and costumes and designs. Like how how do you how do you do it? Um, well, for me, it's um, the, the the writer uh, would give me uh, uh, suggestions, uh, directions on uh, what uh, the the character should uh, kind of embody. Um, sometimes it's it was pretty uh, extensive and. Sometimes it's just very general. Um, and uh, for Eman, Nick, Nick Cuddy uh, wanted uh, uh, somebody who looked like energy, uh, but yeah. had E equals MC squared on his chest as, uh, as an emblem. And um, imagine when you're, you're given that as a direction. So. <laughs> 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 We want a we want a formula on his chest, and he needs to look like energy. Yes. Go. So, and, and sometimes you you have more uh, you know more uh, specific directions. Um, Steve Steve Engel had um, didn't have sketches for me for like Kilowog, but he had uh, a, a definite idea what what he wanted Kilowog to look like, and uh, I I took uh, Steve's. Uh, directions and you know once he told me what the character uh what what he was embodying the the strength but still you know kind of gentle but i kind of pulled pull that all together um i mean between I, 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 what i'm struck by here is uh you know but and and there's of course dc has relaunched a few times we had several crises we had the new 52 and we have infinite frontier and all these other things but um you, you between your work on JSA and uh, and certainly Green Lantern, Legion of Superheroes, all these different books, you wound up creating the look for a huge amount of DC's characters. That, by and large, you mentioned Kilowog. I mean that that are still active today. I mean I think there's a there's a huge section, particularly for the sci-fi, the space area era, 
of DC where your your drawings really make up that universe. I, I think I have a, a good bit to do about do with that. And uh, it, it you were talking about the science fiction stuff. Um, basically, I, I was a you know I was a Julie Schwartz science fiction fan. That's um, mm-hmm. that, that was my basis in in uh, in, uh, in comics and. Yeah. I, I, I tell people that I was a, a Green Lantern fan before the Green Lantern book because it was such a Julie Schwartz character. Yeah. So it was what I was waiting for. And it, it always fit just fine with me that to fit into that uh, science fiction uh, take on the characters. And you got to work with Julie Schwartz at, at DC, I, I would imagine, right? Yeah, I, I worked with uh, Julie uh, a few times. I, I did uh, some super Superman team up books with him. Uh, mm-hmm. um, uh, I inked Kurt Swan on some stories about Superman in the future. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, so um, I, I did some work, some work with Julie. But most what was what was it like meeting Julie and and all that? <laughs> it was uh, kind of. Um, a, a self-created caricature of himself. It was like, <laughs> you know, that's, that's, that's what they say, you know, uh, the best description of Stan and, and Julie is, you know, from that generation. And, um, uh, so yeah, Julie, Julie was, was fun for, for me to t- deal with. And, uh, and of course, uh, I had read a lot of the old science fiction that he actually, uh, was around for, but it was, uh, originally published so we we had some overlap there and um uh we we would know what what kind of stories we were talking about yeah and um i can't believe you know we we, we've gone this far in the interview without uh getting more in depth into your work on the legion of superheroes yeah (laughs) so um i mean i know you you started um i think you inked one issue i think it was like 227 and then you came in in the 240s and did quite a few issues of, of Legion. I, I did. Um, yeah. um, I, I came onto the Legion. There was, um, there, were, there were, I think there were three of us. Three, um, there was one, I forget who the third one was. Was James Sherman uh, drawing? Jim Sherman did, um, did a bunch. Uh, he did really good stuff. He could write. Oh, yeah. Um, but uh, somehow I wound up being the one who was left standing after a while. <laughs> <laughs> oh, here's, you know, here's another one. Can you cut this one in? Um, there was somebody else. There was another person who was in the rotation on that. Hmm. It'll come to me somewhere. But mm-hmm. uh, so I wound up doing, doing uh, a, bunch of, a bunch of the Legion. Yeah, what would you think of it? Because um, the the usual response tends to be a like you know enjoying it, but there it was the job was a lot because it was so many characters and it was very difficult to keep track of who dresses like what. And- Absolutely, uh, I've, I've mentioned several times that we when I was on the book, we'd get letters all the time that I put the wrong boots on the on the kick. <laughs> Uh, fans never change. Uh, yeah, <laughs> and uh, you know, it it was science fiction stuff. So, but it was kind of um, I don't know. It was kind of uh, a romance uh, in space. Yeah, uh, 
it's just in the past few years talking to Legion fans that I've actually come to appreciate the Legion uh, as much as much as I should have. Um, but uh, it was it was science fiction. They had uh, creatures in space, and um, so and and you know there was, was lots of romance. That was good. Uh, yeah. Were, were there any uh, characters or aliens in the Legion that? you more looked forward to, to drawing like, Oh, I can get through this issue. I, there's a lot of this character, this alien in it. Or... Well, uh, for some reason I, I, I took a real liking to Monel. I was always, mm -hmm. I guess he was more a traditional Superboy type character and yeah. he's Superboy in it as well. But I, I still like Monel a lot. And I like the, um, original characters, uh, Saturn girl and, and that bunch. So, yeah. Uh, I, I kind of uh, had the ones I, I could, uh, you know, kind of get a grip on. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I read somewhere that uh, you, you know, you're, you're doing this book that has a lot of characters complexity, but then I, I read that you, you said you were, you would do between two and three pages a day. Is that, is that right? Um, I did. I'm not sure if that was the Norwegian, um, but uh, there have been times when I would routinely do at least two and up to three pages a day. Um, wow. I, I can yeah. um, definitely do um, two pages of Green Lantern. So, That's know. incredible uh, just to, to, have, <laughs> I mean, to have that kind of pace. And then kind of in the same, uh, the thing I read where, where you mentioned that you, you also didn't do much with assistance. Is that, is that true? No, I've uh, uh, Bruce Patterson helped me out uh, fairly often, but uh, other than Bruce, I, I never really had much in the way of assistance. Uh, my my neighbor Paul Abrams, once I moved uh, upstate, uh, was around and helped me out on, on actually on some hunter stuff. Um, yes. I never really had any like formal assistance. Um, I I guess I go into a room and. Uh, don't want the uh, distraction of somebody helping me. Yeah, yeah. I, I just to, to have that kind of pace and, and largely be doing it on your own. I mean, that's that's incredible. Um, and then again, like I mentioned before, just such prolific work that uh, I, I was just going back through the last several weeks of comics coming out today from DC, and I'm just trying to see if the week has gone by where there's a character that wasn't one you created and, and it's it's 2021 we're still like we there's at least one comic out that has got one of your characters in it that that, that you helped put together that's that's amazing so i i, I think that that's probably true yeah. Yeah. it's it's just it's a it's a huge footprint uh, on dc in particular and uh and i mean the amount of names and people you work with uh uh gil kane back when you were working with charlton yeah, I was I was Guild's assistant for um, a year or so, and that was one I was working on Charlton stuff, and, and uh, I got a call out of the blue uh, from Gill and says, uh, you know, I need somebody to lay out my books, and uh, would you like to do that? And so, well, yeah, I uh, uh, that was good. I uh, broke down uh, some Spider Man, some Conan, some uh, uh, Ghost Rider, uh, yeah. So I, yeah. I um, basic, basic uh, breakdowns and layouts for Gil so that he wouldn't have to actually figure this, uh, the storytelling so much. He'd concentrate on the uh, 
<clears throat> on the drawing. So, yeah. Yeah. And I mean, Gil's a, a, a legend. I, I, he's done and contributed to, to so many aspects of, of comics. I mean, you know, even his, uh, you know, working like, uh, you know, the eighties and at DC, I, I think he did some great Superman stuff with Marv. All right. Um, you, you oh, know, yeah. But yeah, which was a different sort of style from when he was doing Spider-Man and even you know Green Lantern and all of that. He he seemed to you know evolve over over the years. Right, and you you go back to when he was uh, you know Bernard Sachs and Sachs was inking him on the uh, science fiction stuff, the Jewish yeah. work. Uh, what was that? The fifties? Um, yeah, it had to have been. Yeah. So uh, so and all the science fiction stuff I had come along um, with all, all of Gil's stuff. Uh, so, so it was another example of I just kind of fell into a spot where it was a good fit for me. Yeah. And I, uh, I got to do, got to where I could do a pretty good pastiche of Gil Kane. So, nice. And there, there was a time when the, um, a book on the, the life story of uh, uh, the Flash, and mm -hmm. uh, Gil was, was doing that, and for some reason he couldn't couldn't finish that. So I came in to finish it in uh, uh, Guild style. Um, so it's a, a useful skill sometimes. Very nice. And yeah. let's still talk to you more about DC, but just to kind of fast forward. So you um, you, you mentioned kind of the, the comics you really enjoy working on. Dick Tracy, uh, the, the comic strip, you're working on that today. This is still ongoing, and this has been going for about okay. 10 years? Yes. Nice. Perfect. How, how, how is that different? We, we're talking about comic books and all the rest. You go to a comic strip. It's a different type of storytelling. Um, but again, a big rogues gallery. Do, do you find it, is it much different? Or like how, how what are the differences for you? I think the main thing for me is that with a comic book, you're you're uh, composing in terms of a page, so lots of panels on one page. But uh, with a strip, you're you're not, at least for me, I'm not composing in terms of the strip. I'm composing in terms of each panel of however a story has to be clear in that panel, and eventually they come together and, and uh, make a continuity. But uh, the overall uh, design approach is is different from the two. And and you, but you play with a, a huge gallery of characters. And talking about the Legion of Superheroes, I mean, Dick Tracy has uh, as well just this this massive rogues gallery and supporting cast. And uh, the, I mean, you, have you had a chance to create more? Are you are you growing that universe as well? We've. Uh, uh, created a bunch of our own characters we uh bring back a lot of the old ones and some of whom who have been dead for years but now they're back um but we we create our own our own characters we have uh the uh the nitrate uh, uh brother well they're not really brother and sister but they're a pair and uh those are really good characters we have a a weird character called double up who when he's talking always says everything twice you know <laughs> You know, he's double up. He's double up. Uh, Very nice. Very Dick Tracy. Yeah. Uh, we had uh, a character named Blockhead, who's a new one. Oh, and uh, <laughs> Sawtooth, who has uh, uh, artificial uh, 
what, titanium teeth who rips out people's throats? Okay. <laughs> Ish. <laughs> At this point, you, you can't show this uh, very clearly in, in, in the uh, strips. But, uh, <laughs> no, it, it went uh, dark there. Uh, yeah. <laughs> kind, of, uh, kind of an unpleasant character. Yeah. Were, were you a fan of, of Dick Tracy growing up, or was that something that came later on? No, I, I, I think, um, I think uh, Chester Gould is my first <coughs> uh, in, influence. Um, okay. I could, uh, I could follow Dick Tracy in the newspapers before I could read. The, uh, the oh. graphics were so strong, so that... Uh, whatever I come back to, uh, Chester Gould and Dick Tracy is, is kind of the basis of what I do. So that's it, great. Something I'd always wanted to do, and it just, again, it's kind of worked out. I, I love the arc between uh, doing this uh, very high concept uh, cosmic type work at DC, and and then the Dick Tracy world as well. But uh, you know, very immersive characters in both couldn't be more different, though. I, I think in in genre. Um, but there, there are overlaps, you know, so, some uh, Dick Tracy villains, uh, Broadway Bates was the uh, basis for the Penguin. Uh, yeah. so everybody swiped from everybody back in those days. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, there was, there was somebody doing a fan strip about uh, a team up uh, between Batman and Dick Tracy uh, when I started the, my strip. It might, might take on Tracy, so there's 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 overlaps and um, the uh, so the uh, I guess the, the street level superheroes like uh, Batman and Huntress are they they overlap with Tracy's world. Um, we had uh, a Huntress villain uh, called Lion Mane um, who would have made an excellent Tracy villain. So it's it it overlaps. Nice. And um, what was it? While you were at DC, uh, you met uh, one of the others, Mike Gold. There, right? Mike. Mike was the uh, publicity manager, or okay. I, he was. He was in. in uh, uh, yeah, I guess that's what he was. He he basically got uh, uh, promotions and uh, such like. Um, and I, I, I got to know Mike quite a bit there too. I did. Uh, he would have me do um, uh, pages of, about coming characters. Uh, oh yeah, uh, you know the most notorious was the uh, uh, page I did for the coming uh, um, uh, uh, explosion. What, what was, uh, was a whole bunch of new books that were co coming out. And, and then uh, suddenly there was a big cutback at the oh, yeah. DC implosion. Yeah. Yes. You, you lived through the, the explosion and the implosion. So um, I had basically gotten everybody in place for the uh, implosion. But gotcha. <laughs> <laughs> how, how was, uh, what was the mood you, you mentioned kind of having an, uh, a, a better go of it at DC. It felt like a more, maybe a more family kind of uh, piece. And I'm fascinated by this. Uh, to take away back to Jeanette Khan going and having that kind of brainstorming uh, game night type thing, uh, team building, uh, as you called it. How how regularly did that happen? Was that monthly or weekly? Or? It was monthly. 
I, monthly. That's 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 amazing. Work. That's that's some amazing coordination in in a lot of. I mean, I, I think nowadays uh, you hear kind of comic companies boasting about uh, either setting up Zoom calls, which sound just terrible, but uh, or you know we'll do a summit once a year. And uh, to think of this team like every month going over and bouncing ideas off uh, while playing games, it sounds like a that sounds like it would do the trick for team building and building good worlds. Um, seem seem to do it. Yeah, there there are also um, various people you know getting card games together and, and such mm-hmm. like. Um, yeah, I, th- I think there was a uh, good bit of uh, overlap with uh, people uh, getting together. Yeah, I, I mean, I like that that plan. So, so you have this more maybe collegial kind of environment. People are are working together. It's 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 valuing kind of that kind of collaboration. Um, when the implosion hit, how lots of people have talked about it over the years, but but what was the feeling within DC? Was it was it crisis? Was it uh, like how how did it how, how did people absorb it? Um, it was kind of like uh, impending doom is here, um, and to a certain extent, that was about right. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, a lot of uh, Mar- Marvel picked up a lot of DC's people right around then, so uh, it, it it kind of hit uh, hit DC pretty good. It feels like uh, in the last year, uh, we've seen similar, of course, we've seen some cuts uh, with the acquisition of, of Warner Media and DC into AT&T. There was this kind of similar uh, vibe going on. Once again, Marvel's picking up a bunch of people, colorists and inkers and, and, and uh, it just kind of artists across the board. Um, it feels like they're living through that sort of again. It's like history is repeating itself to some extent. Well, I'm, I'm not in contact with oh, uh, sure. with DC these days so uh, don't don't really actually I'm not sure if I know more than two or three people who are there these days so uh, um, I, I couldn't give you information on, oh uh, well I'm just what's, what I'm struck by is that uh, you know they, they went through this um, obviously you you continue to work after the implosion at DC and you created a lot of, of you just continue to create universes and other things that uh it, they made it through, I guess, this, this crisis. Yeah. And um, do you think, is, is one of, you know, for that crisis, do you think one of the reasons maybe they made it through is that they did have this, this maybe deeper bond as a company that, that you had people who were kind of looking out for each other? Or do you think that played into it at all? Um, I think it was just kind of luck of the draw as to who was, who was left around and, and who uh, could find stuff at Marvel. Gotcha. Yeah, okay. and you, um, you know, going back to Mike Gold, he then tapped you to be his uh, art director at First Comics. That's right. Yeah. How, how did how did uh, how that uh, all come about? Ah, uh, well, um, like I said, I had done a bunch of stuff uh, for Mike, and uh, generally, uh, like like being around Mike, he, he's a, he's a, he was a character. Uh, mm-hmm. Um, and, um, he, he just thought, thought I might, uh, you know, might be interested in, in this new project. And he, uh, got the rights to a, um, a, uh, play, a play, uh, a, a fantasy play called Warp and, uh, built a, a comics company around, uh, de- uh, adapting, uh, Warp. And 
out in other other properties as well. Um, but as 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 uh, art director, I I think uh, my achievement was to prove that I had no managerial skills. That <laughs> 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 uh, you know we we managed to get the books out somehow. And yeah, yeah, we had to, and, had a good crew. Yeah, yeah I, and you had a good. I mean, you were there for three years. Right, yep. and, and uh, got to work with a, a huge lineup of, of creators. I mean, people who would who would have pretty pretty big careers in the in the future. Um, yeah, I mean, certainly Howard Jakin, uh, mm-hmm. Mike Grell, uh, Steve Root. I mean, uh, yeah. we had, had a good bunch. Yeah, I mean, um, out the gate, uh, more or less, uh, first comics you, you had, uh, you know, John Sample Freelance, Grim Jack, uh, American Flag. I mean, all three of those uh, alone, not to mention other things like Nexus and stuff that would come, uh, were uh, like seminal works that kind of really like defined the like growing independent comics in in the 80s i mean we're talking about the russo brothers are gonna apparently adapt grimjack into uh, a show for amazon mm-hmm. um, you know uh american flag obviously i mean that's always you know bouncing around in print and and howard shaken had a new comic book come out this past week yeah. Uh, Howard is still remarkably uh, prolific and uh, still uh, uh, coming up with, with new ideas. Howard um, um, Howard is my hero. You know, we, we do have to get that clear that uh, <laughs> of my cohort, uh, Howard Howard is my hero. He always had uh, more ideas than anybody else. Uh, it just uh, understood. Uh, I don't know uh, society. I, I think you yeah. live in the world. So Howard, Howard's my Howard's my hero. Uh, you know, another person I've I've heard that uh, you know was your your collaborator and and somebody you liked is uh, Fred Himbeck. Is that is that right? Yes, Fred. Fred is uh, uh, one of a kind. Uh, Fred, Fred is the uh, Jules Pfeiffer of comics. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to picture a, a different crew than Howard Chaykin and Fred Himbeck. I mean, it just <laughs> on the surface from a distance, I don't think you could get two different people. Uh, but um, you know, very both incredibly talented. Absolutely, yes. And 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 Fred is still you know uh, working hard. So uh, and it, he, and you you talk about somebody who's drawn every character. Uh, Fred has uh, he killed the Marvel universe. So it's yeah, yeah. <laughs> is that true? Before it was popular. Uh, yes. Right. Yeah. <laughs> um, no, it, and and at first comics you had uh, Jim Starlin uh, there. Was, was he? Did he overlap with your time at first? Um, hmm. I remember when Dreadstar came out. I'm I'm much. I don't remember having any, having any direct dealings with Jim. Um, I, I know um, we did Star Slayer. And that was Jim's character, Lennon Del Sol, uh, did those. And I'm trying to remember if I did anything directly with Jim. I don't, I don't, don't remember. I think that came later because that started with, um, Joe, help me out here. That started with Epic. And then it moved yeah. first. Th- there were yeah. a couple of things, I think, that started at either Epic or Eclipse and, and ended yeah. up at uh, first. But, um, but yeah. Right. The other way. That's right. Uh, yeah. 
But I, I yeah, what was it? Nexus, I think, started at um, yeah. Eclipse and went. Or, or Capital? Or maybe it was Capital, but it was one of those. But but yeah, there there were a few. There, I I think the discourse, uh, you know, and, and this is not to uh, diminish the the work of of the people who who founded Image Comics, but a lot of people act like. Image Comics is when independent comics started right. in a big way in like the shops, um, you know, and maybe they'll mention, oh, and the Ninja Turtles a little bit before. <laughs> and, but I, I mean, this is, uh, you know, First Comics is uh, just about a full decade before mm-hmm. Image uh, putting out stuff that's still relevant today, that still has an mm-hmm. audience that. Uh, made it possible for there to even be an image comics. Well, well one, thing, one thing to note is that at at the time that the first comics came together, um, Mar- uh, Marvel and DC uh, were pretty secure in the idea that they were the only people who actually could produce comic books in the yeah. the process that was followed in those days with the. Uh, uh, four colors, uh, se- hand separations, and um, uh, dealing with uh, chemical color plate, and uh, all, all the printing had to be done in uh, in Sparta, Illinois. Um, uh, uh, first comics really were the first people who seriously, seriously challenged that to show that uh, there was just technically a possibility of other people doing comics and uh, I, I think we, we kind of opened up things for uh, the uh, independence that, that came along yeah and as I recall I mean the first comics did have a newsstand distribution as well I mean I, I remember seeing these comics in grocery stores I, I think so yeah um, which was a little bit more unusual as an independent of course but uh uh, I mean, it's, uh, Mike Grell, uh, uh, some of his work I remember was there. There were a few, um, but no, it was, it, it did. I'm with Joe. I, it, we hear this all the time of indie started with image and it's like, well, it, you know, <laughs> not, really, not really true on any level. Um, take nothing away from certainly what they did. I think that, uh, you know, there's, there's a lot of pretty amazing work and I, I would say image would yeah. have had the success it had, if not for what happened in the eighties. Yeah. Um, so you, you wind up, though, ultimately, you, you leave first and you go back to, to D.C. Um, and you wind up uh, there getting a pretty major Green Lantern run. Right. Um, and it, was, it, was it different when you went back? When you, when you, found, uh, when you went back to D.C., had the company changed on you, or was it still pretty much what you remembered? Um, it, it was different. Uh, certainly, um, Dick Giordano was kind of in charge of things when I came back. Um, and, and I came back to a different set of people. I was uh, working with Andy Helfer was my editor and Andy was fun, but he was kind of hard to uh, organize to get anything done. Um, but I, I did come back to uh, Steve Englehart on uh, Green Lantern, which uh, when I came back, I was expecting Len Wayne to be, be writing uh, Green Lantern and Len was gone when I, by the time I got back. And I, uh, working with, with Steve was one of those things that worked out very well. I uh, really uh, 
really liked uh, Steve just kind of making up things on the fly and nice. figuring out what's you know what's coming next. Uh, so I um, and and Steve had uh, uh, good ideas of really uh, e- expanding the the Green Lantern core to uh, mm-hmm. uh, bring in more of the. Uh, galactic stuff, the space stuff. So I was kind of back in my, uh, you know, my my best uh, best area there. I, I, yeah, and, and I mean the the results were were incredible for that run. Um, I think uh, I, I'm curious, and I, I understand that you know, of course, if a title doesn't sell well, they can cancel, and lots of things can happen in a book. But as an artist working on these titles during this time period. How how long? What what kind of sense of the future did they give you? Did they talk in terms of a year run or a two month run or five year run? Like how? What kind of? What would they tell you about that that kind of thing? Um, basically, you you just got to signed on to do the book forever until it was canceled that day. So. Yeah. <laughs> I- did they encourage, I, I mean, and the reason I'm asking is, is we've heard now, we've talked to a number of different creators who talk about uh, having to live within a three to six month window where you really don't have much visibility beyond that. And maybe you don't even put a lot of things in play because, you know, you don't have a long-term commitment. So you have to ever do everything short. And reading your comics, and one of the things that always comes across is like these big ideas that, you know, maybe they didn't all get to, but you're 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 putting in play year-long epic kind of ideas. Um, yeah, yeah, definitely. Steve Steve Engelhart had like uh, plans for uh, stories into the future, and that's that was what we were uh, building toward. Um, so, yeah, we we just kind of thought things would keep on going. I'm just curious, and and I mean, it's it's maybe not a fair question to ask you, but I'm I'm trying to pinpoint when that changed exactly. That that uh, you know the comics stopped giving people kind of the it's security is not the right word, but just this this sense of like go ahead and plan out ten years, you know, shoot for the moon, do everything you can do. It's, life may change; we may pull the rug out from under you, and maybe that's happened so much that people are just kind of gun shy at this point. But uh, well, if you yeah used to it uh yeah uh, but I'd, it certainly when the new 52 came in you know i was uh i was i was doing scooby-doo around that time i think mm-hmm. i wasn't doing the, the superhero books but it seemed like if anybody got a run of three issues uh, that was that was a major achievement that uh, certainly that was a a, a breaking point that uh, everything changed like um, every other month. Yeah. So it, it, there's there's definitely a break between the the old old way of doing things and and however things came through then. It, it's just it's uh, and funny is definitely the wrong word, but it's it's <laughs> it's funny to me that that you're um, the the longevity of a, a a good solid run where you can do a lot of invention and put a lot of things in play. Um, is now done for a comic strip for Dick Tracy and not in the comic books. So you, you, you're going on a 10-year run of Dick Tracy in uh, a comic strip. Yep, I, I and, just finished 10 years. Yeah, and that seems a lot more uh, stable and secure than comics. <laughs> just comic books. That's very weird to me to kind of wrap my head around. Of course, with uh, 
newspaper strips you you have to plan and, or, or keep in mind you you may be in the dying days of newspapers so sure. Um, it sure. may, may all go away any day now so, so you know, you, you brought up uh, Dick Giorgiano. Uh, how was it working uh, with him or interacting with him when you came back? Like, what what was he like? Because he was another legend in the industry. Um, Dick is generally very well-beloved in the business, and lots of people speak highly of him, and I certainly admired his, his work. Um, but I never meshed with him. It, it mm -hmm. didn't really... Uh, wasn't, wasn't somebody that... Um, Basically, my feeling was that Dick had a kind of a limited approach to what made a comic book and my kind of uh, cartoony, funny way of doing superheroes didn't overlap with, with what he would had in mind. He never really uh, tried to take me off things or anything like that, but he uh, didn't allow for the... Um, kind of funny sort of thing in in a serious uh, strip, serious book. So well, well, I really, never really, I, did, I didn't have any trouble with Dick, but I, I never really meshed with him. Was there ever a, a feeling that there was kind of like a, like a pre-crisis way of doing things and, and wanting to evolve in sort of a post-crisis? Because we also saw uh, Kurt Swan get a lot less work after... Uh, crisis and and some other uh, major artists from that were doing it beforehand, and it, it seemed like that there was a move to to make the art more, I, I guess maybe realistic. I, I don't know if that's the right word, but you know, make the art uh, look a certain way, and then it seemed to go even further after Image, where you you had. Like, I mean, you see it in like the death of Superman where you had the art then getting, it kept getting pushed in a certain uh, way. Did, did you ever get a feeling that like those kind of things were, were going on? Um, yeah, I guess so. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, certainly a, a way that uh, I didn't quite keep up with. Uh, yeah. I think so. You you mentioned earlier. Um, by the time the new Fifty Two had rolled around, you're doing Scooby Doo. You're doing more of the younger reader uh, work at DC. Was it? It was. Uh, was that fun to do? Kind of that that draw. I mean, I, I'm just trying. You're, you're going from science fiction, high concept, uh, huge world building. You're doing Dick Tracy with this huge cast of characters. You're doing Scooby Doo. I, I mean, I. I, I think I'm, I'm just looking up some of your covers, grabbing some some art here, and and like I, I do, you 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 could claim you've drawn pretty much everyone in all the different fields. <laughs> well, you know, up up to a certain point. Uh, sure, up to a certain point. But I mean, the the, the library just keeps going. It's <laughs> there's so, there's so much. Yeah, but I uh, Scooby was another odd thing. I just fell into. Um, and, uh, I was. Uh, I was doing uh, Guy Gardner, and then suddenly I wasn't. And I was uh, walking down the the, uh, the hall, and uh, my pal Marty Pasco was in charge of special projects, and they were doing Scooby. And uh, Brian Taggart was um, uh, editing Scooby and was kind of rotating Scooby around if different people wanted to uh, you know, do an occasional Scooby. And she rotated several my way and somehow I wound up being the regular artist on Scooby. 
So I did, uh, I had Scooby art and at least a hundred issues of Scooby-Doo. So uh, I, I, and I really didn't know much about Scooby when I started, but uh, <laughs> I, I had a stack of uh, model sheets that Alex Toth had drawn. So, uh, so that's what I, uh, so I picked right. up on, on that and Alex had done uh, some Hot Wheels uh, books for, for DC, uh, which uh, Dick Giordano had inked very nicely. Uh, so I, I had, uh, I, so I was doing uh, best I could an Alex Toth version of Scooby-Doo, and that, that lasted for a good, good long while. Yeah. yeah, that was a that was another long run. Um, your career has a lot of runs all through it. Um, you know, your time in Green Lantern. It's funny, uh, Joe and I have talked to the the current writer of Green Lantern, uh, Jeff Thorne, who just relaunched it. I know he's a big fan of your work. Uh, whenever we show kind of those classic covers, he's always uh, honing right in on that. I know big mm-hmm. big fan of E Man. Um, yeah. And a lot of these characters, it's uh, it's we got to get you to do a variant cover, something for the new Green Lantern series. Somehow, it, 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 that that would bring some nice things together. But oh yeah, um, well, I, I did have uh, a page in the uh, 80th, uh, mm-hmm. uh, 80 year anniversary issue of, of Green Lantern. So yeah, yeah. You also did. Uh, I believe this was through an imprint of DC. I think Paradox Press. You did a Family Man. Right, um, and, and that was in the mid '90s. Uh, I want to say maybe early mid '90s or around then. Uh, I'm trying to think of exactly when. Uh, maybe '93, '95 in that area. Sounds and uh, yeah, yeah uh, how how did that come about? Um, that uh, well, I, I said I had worked for uh, Andy Helfer on. Mm-hmm. Uh, on Green Lantern, and Andy was putting together this uh, graphic novel line. Um, I think the original idea was to bring, yeah, was to bring in uh, writers who weren't uh, weren't comics people, but to uh, put them together with comics uh, artists mm-hmm. to do uh, uh, to do uh, graphic novels. Yeah. And and Andy uh, wanted to know would. Actually, originally I was supposed to do one with Pete Hamill, but Pete never got his script in. Hmm. So uh, uh, Andy says, "Well, Jerome Jarrett is a, you know a big name. So would you like to do something with him?" I said, "Hey, cool!" And uh, we did uh, this uh, actual. It's it's actually a graphic novel. It 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 reads. It has complexity, I think, of of like an actual novel. It's a mm-hmm. Almost, it's slightly in the future when the uh, Catholic Church and the mob are in a fight for control of New York City, and um, with that, uh, that was really a lot of fun to do. And it just got uh, re- uh, republished by It's Alive Press, yeah. so it's actually available. And I think if you if you look at it, the uh, the art is done as though it's a comic strip. It's basically, it's four boxes on a page with occasionally a, a full page, which would be like your Sunday. Yeah. Uh, so it, it was done like a comic strip, and it was uh, done um, with the, the thinking of, of a novel. So uh, I, I, I think it was, uh, you know, really, really an achievement to get that done. And um, it, was, it was a lot of fun. A lot of fun. I'm, I'm yes. very pleased to have, have worked with Gerald Jaron. Yes. 
It's it's incredible. Is there any character or or creator? I, again, I I know this is such the generic question you've been asked before, but um, <laughs> is there is there somebody uh, you always wanted to work with or or a character you want to work on that that didn't uh, you get a chance to to do much with? Um, I always wanted to have a run on on uh, Doctor Strange because mm-hmm. I I love Ditko and that's pure Ditko. That's that's like what he did for Charlton. Um, that's 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 my basic is uh, thinking is is Doctor Strange, and I, I was never around when it was uh, was up for grabs or anything, so I never had a shot. And I guess the only other thing is I would have liked a long, a fairly long run on Superman at some point, just uh, just to get to know Superman. I I don't think I understand him. And, oh. um, you know, may, maybe with Marv, you know, that would have been fun if I, if I had been around for that. Um, yeah. So I think, I think those are, are my two missed uh, characters. You, you just said something really interesting. Um, that's, that's awesome, by the way. Um, but you, you talked about getting to know Superman, and, and you would have liked a long run to kind of get to know the character. Um is that how it worked with some of the other uh, books that you'd be put on that, that, you know, you, you kind of learned the character by creating them issue after issue that you came to understand them more. Is that, is that common for how it works? I don't, I don't know. It's certainly how, how I work. The, the yeah. more I'm around, <clears throat> I'm a char- or more I'm around the character, the, the more I understand the character, um, and then how, how the character moves, how the character thinks, um, sometimes, sometimes you click on the character right off the bat and sometimes you have to get to know them. Uh, and Superman is one I never got to know. Yeah. I love that. I, I love the, the thought. Cause I mean, people think, you know, visually getting comfortable with drawing the character, but it's more than that. It's actually kind of getting into their head and, and how they tick. And, uh, well, who was, who was hard to kind of, you, you know, you finally got there, but who did you have trouble with? Um, well, it's, it's, um, it's funny. I've, I've done many versions of Batman. So, um, and, and I'm comfortable with, with lots of them. Uh, so, um, the one I was, I was always, you know, most comfortable one is, is, uh, the earth Two one that I killed. (laughs) (laughs) So comfortably killed him. (laughs) But I, I never really got to know, um, some some of the uh, some of the modern takes on Batman, I I, I kind of clicked really well with the animated version. Oh. So, um, but trying to think, who who would I? Well, obviously, several of the Legion characters I never did figure out because I could never get the right boots on them. Yes, <laughs> it's all the boots every time. It's, it goes back to fashion every time with comics. It yes. goes back to fashion. Yeah, so you. Have to get used to them. Yeah, you know. Did you ever um, get? Um, you, you know, they, they'd always send in fan letters and stuff, and you know, like you mentioned with like the boots and, and stuff like that. Were, what kind of reactions were, were there to characters like Huntress or like Power Girl and, and people like that from fans? Um, well, obviously, with with Power Girl, there was attention to her uh, uh, attributes. Yes. Uh, <laughs> what Huntress? I I think Huntress hit a good uh, good note right off the bat. I think I think Paul and I knew who she was when she started, so there was not 
the getting to know, not getting to know the character. And and the, the letters kind of picked up on that. Uh, I think Huntress had, um, had her own fandom, kind of from the first time she showed up. So, yeah, those letters were good. Nice. Do you, uh, yeah, is, we're, uh, there's a lot of talk at the, and not to wade completely into it, but just kind of this um, uh, butting heads between creators and fans these days. There's, there's just, there's a lot of talk about that. I think there's, by the way, more talk than reality. Um, people like to make a big deal out of it. But um, you mentioned these letters, people kind of writing in, uh, being upset about the boots, which sounds so charming in light of the arguments that people have today. Uh, <laughs> was there a lot of angst or was there a lot of, uh, you know, was there a lot of, of you know, you do something that the, the, the customers really don't like and then you get this deluge of, of mail of like, why did you kill Batman? Or was there, it was, were there those moments? There, there were those moments, and, and that was one of them. So, <laughs> oh yeah. Well, why did we kill Batman? Uh, Paul Levitz uh, said, uh, "You know, Joe Orlando was about to retire, and he needed. Uh, it would be nice if he had uh, a big event for a book he was editing uh, to take him out. So, we killed Batman for Joe." <laughs> There we go. It's his fault, really. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but but these these the messages of these fans was it more like I cannot believe you put the wrong boots on this person, or was it truly like I will never read comics again? You have ruined it. For, I mean, like, what was it? Uh, and and did people sit around kind of reading these things and laughing, or what was the? <laughs> <laughs> I, I I don't think I saw a lot of that. We'll we'll never you know. Uh, yeah. Not that dramatic. Not not that dramatic. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm picturing dramatic readings over the uh, the the cape, sir, has three inches shorter than the last issue, and I, for one, am outraged. It's yeah, nothing like that. yes, right. Yeah, or you have to have you know somebody to keep you honest. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I love I love it. I, I love yeah. it. Um, I, I wanted to I want to be respectful of your time and 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 not take all of your your afternoon, but I mean I, I love I, I love this. Um, I mean, again, I'm struck by, and it sounds like such a silly point, but how many characters you had a hand in, in creating and the fact that you can't go a week without seeing one of your creations, one of your character designs in the comics today. I mean, decades later, these characters are still coming out and now we're seeing them in the movies. Is it, is it weird when you uh, watch these, these characters make this transition to the, the big screen and now you know these like like the huntress you had this hand in creating a character and she's appeared now many times in different formats it's uh it's it's really cool i, I like to see uh something i've i've drawn out as uh uh just a you know a little drawing and suddenly it's like a, a 3d person a, a 3D <laughs> and that was uh, uh cgi uh anybody can anybody i've drawn can be uh a, a 3d character um, and and it's, it's the same with cosplayers. I I love meeting uh, cosplayers who are do, doing my characters. And uh, um, you, when you meet Kilowog in the flesh, you know it's impressive. So <laughs> yeah, oh yeah. <laughs> well, we're gonna get they, they have that Green Lantern show in a year or two, and Kilowog's supposed to be one, and and Guy Gardner is supposed to be big characters in that show. So yeah. we'll get to see with that. But cosplayers. 
has it been tough the uh, the lack of conventions now for more than a year is it do you do you miss that i do yeah i, I like getting out uh, with the fans with the and, and the cosplayers and uh, there are there are people i got uh, you know accustomed to to meeting at shows and i like seeing them talk to find out uh there there are characters that uh have uh grown up in front of my table you know oh, yeah uh are grown people now who are just you know starting out fans uh, when i was you know doing doing shows years ago and uh, um i i i do miss it and um yeah. uh, somebody asked me somewhere along the line did i keep up with current books and i thought oh sure i do i, I i'm up with those and it, it hit me no i'm not because i see things at shows and um see books and uh see the artist and i know what I, I knew what they were doing uh, a year ago, but yeah. I really haven't kept up in in this uh, in this last year. Um, I I know what's happening at Dick Tracy. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's true of everybody. We're seeing a splintering. I, I mean, I, I I'm very confident you don't remember me, but I I met you at the New York City Comic Con. What's got to be about ten years ago, and shook your hand, and I miss those interactions very much. And and it it has been tough this last year. It has. Um, so it's, it's, uh, I, uh, just on conventions very quickly, you know, you, well, actually uh, kind of different. Do you, do you do commissions? Do you do, uh, do you sell original art? Is there any, anything like that where if, if somebody wants something of yours, do you still do that? Um, I do that. Uh, most things are through, uh, Spencer Beck, uh, mm -hmm. the, the artist choice. And, um, I'm going to be putting, um, um, a lot of, uh, Know, a whole bunch of Dick Tracy art up on uh, on the artist choice pretty soon now. So I oh. uh, don't don't have a lot of the uh, superhero stuff left. Uh, yeah, yeah. I uh, know that's that's. I I hope that uh, I, I certainly we you know Joe and I often go through uh, comics. We have this bit where we talk about comics that came out this week in previous years, uh, and we kind of show some of the covers and I, I almost, on Facebook. Yeah, yeah. There's there's almost always one of yours there. Um, and, and it's, it's, uh, every time it's, it's what strikes me as kind of the, you know, the, the action, the storytelling, and this is just the cover, uh, but it's, it's always very, very distinctive and excellent. And, well, thank and you. so, yeah, I, Joe, I, I just, I, I wanted to thank you for your time here today and, and just spending all these times. I, I, Joe Corral, any other questions? Am I missing anything? I know we've had a great chat here. No, this this is great. Um, you know, you know, I I think we covered uh, a lot. I'm I'm sure we could go on for for hours okay. and hours and hours. Uh, but but, uh, but no, I really uh, appreciate your time. I'm looking forward to hopefully seeing you at a convention eventually. Yep. You know, it's always great seeing you and Hillary at a show. And uh, yeah, I, I mean, yeah. Uh, other than that, is there is there a is there maybe a favorite person you got, a favorite artist you got to ink, or a favorite inker on your art? Mm. Um, okay, name two um, two of my favorite inkers. I did um, also favorite writer, favorite story was the autobiography of Bruce Wayne. Mm -hmm. uh, the, the the love story of uh, Bruce Wayne and Catwoman. And um, that was written by Alan Brennert, and mm -hmm. was inked 
by uh, George Friedman. The only time George ever inked me. And he, he totally got the idea of the 40s feeling that the, 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 uh, th this is family history. And that's, that's what the, the two of them got. And the, um, and the other inker, well, I, once I get going, um, 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 Bilson Kevichink me a couple of times. And oh. I, I totally love that. Uh, and, um, that's a good combo. Horacio yeah. Atalini, the uh, excellent Argentinian inker, inked uh, Femme Noir um, stories I did that Chris, uh, Chris Mills wrote. And that looked, by the time Horacio had finished, it looked like uh, 1940s pulp illustrations. And, uh, and it, it, everything I'd done was there, but there was so much more. And Very nice. Like, you know, I've, I've said this before, a really good anchor teaches you something about yourself. And, and those three uh, definitely have. Yes. That's right. awesome. Uh, I love it. Well, Joe, uh, other than, uh, you know, as you mentioned, and we'll put some links up where, where people can get a hold of you uh, to, to maybe get some art or do commissions. Is there any, any anything else you'd like to us? Uh, if, if somebody wants to learn more about you, grab some of your work. They love the conversation. Where, where should they go? Um, well, you can, you can put out orders through, through Spencer for the artist's choice. Uh, I have a website, www.joestaten.com. I don't, I haven't kept it up to date, but there's, there's a fair amount of art to look at there. And, yeah. uh, on, you can find, uh, on Go Comics, Go Comics, uh, slash Dick Tracy. Um, you can follow, um, Tracy daily. And there's a, a nice uh, archive. Every every strip that Mike Curtis and I have done is up there. And there's back there's there's some before us with Dick Loker. So uh, if you want to catch up on Dick Tracy, this is this is the place to do it. I absolutely definitely I would uh, encourage people to go do that and and to check out some of your work again. There, there's a lot of it, so <laughs> you can. You, you, there, there is a lot of it. Yes, it, uh, years, it, it, uh, there is a lot of it. Just just amazing and and such a great uh, pleasure talking with you today. And uh, I just wanted to say thank you for for spending this time with us and and definitely all the the art. I mean it's. The, the thing for a lot of customers, I think fans, people who, who, you know, spend time with this stuff, they, they wind up getting very attached to people like yourself because they spend hours and hours, you know, viewing what you did. They, they, they your drawings are going into their memories and it's, uh, oh, yeah. one of those magical things about comics. So, uh, thank you very much for everything you've done. Well, thank you for, yes. uh, for having me in. Great. Thanks. I hope we can talk to you real soon. Okay. <laughs> Bye-bye. Have a good one. Bye.